I'm Alan Fairley, co-founder of ISL Talent. Our business is all about people and businesses with ambition trust us as a talent partner to help them build great teams. We're passionate about two things, helping startups and scale-ups grow and learning from others. The Scale-Up Diaries is about sharing the best bits from people that we admire, helping the wider startup and scale-up community on their journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome along. Really pleased to be here today with Ifti, who is founding and CEO of Vested, and got some really exciting stories to share about how he's grown and scaled the team. And also in terms of what they do as a business, I think there's some really interesting things that are going to be relevant for anybody that's out there building a startup and looking to scale and thinking about how they reward their team. So, Ifti, thanks very much for joining us today. Great to chat to you again. And um, Please introduce yourself for those who don't know. Let's uh, understand a bit more about who you are and, and what you're building with Vested. Okay. Um, Ifti Nasser, uh, as, as Alan has mentioned, you know, the, the essence of Vested is around getting as many people who help you build your, your, your business to be vested in its success. It's a really powerful tool uh, as a concept, as is the, the platform uh, itself. But uh, conceptually, that's the essence believing deeply in the whole notion of the ownership effect, whereby if people have, vested, have a stake in the enterprise, what they bring to the table changes. They, you know, emotionally, psychologically, what they bring to the table will be far more powerful if they feel that, that ownership effect. And there's enough research behind it to, to evidence that. And that's what we're building, just making it as easy as pie for every founder to get everybody, not just their employees, but everybody who's uh, going to be part of the growth of their business, be they advisors, NEDs, even customers uh, and, um, uh, and, and strategic suppliers can all be vested in your success. And there's ways that we can help people make that, uh, as I say, uh, straightforward uh, and simple to do. Yeah, brilliant. I know that... Um... One of the reasons that we were chatting is because a lot of the startups, a lot of the founders that I talk to, they they know that equity can be a really valuable part of how they reward people, whether it's their team or the wider people that are involved in helping them build something. Um, but sometimes they don't know how to do it. They don't really understand why they're doing it or you know how to make it real for the people that it really matters to, i.e. that kind of the, the wider pool of, of talent. Um, and having had a look through the Vested platform, obviously does that really well but i'm curious where did uh, where did the idea come from and you know founding the business what was it that led to the origins of vested um well it started off actually as an experiment uh, more of a um a, a learning opportunity for, for me uh, as a as a piece of business so just a little bit of background i started my entrepreneurial journey um, many, many years ago um, with an idea called computer-aided real estate, which was this uh, notion of being able to see a, a property in Hull while you're sat in, or uh, in a, an estate agent in Huddersfield. I guess that notion has all evolved quite spectacularly now. But at the time when I took it to the whole Enterprise Council, there was no notion of being able to get any support for it at all. They barely understood what I was talking about. Um, yeah, I had an offer from BP, so I thought, all right, I'll I'll spend a few years with uh, with BP, and then I'll I'll come back and do this myself. And I guess it took a lot longer for me to to get off that uh, that train um, than I guess I'd initially anticipated. But um, 
yeah, quarter of a century in big oil and energy, but it was um, a, a, a change in direction that came from my mum and dad passing away in 2012. That just made me rethink what life was about. At what stage was I going to revisit that uh, a younger entrepreneurial ifty and uh, do something for myself? So. I took the decision that, yeah, I would indeed. Now I had enough money, you know, going to actually, rather than building a business myself, the notion was initially to just invest into early stage businesses, um, put a few million aside and maybe, you know, 100 grand here, 50 grand there, and, and just help those other similar ifties that, that, that couldn't get funding. I guess I learned a lot at that stage, but one of the things I also realized I needed to do was if I was going to be investing in others, I needed to actually understand some of the pains and challenges they were going to be going through. So that's why, as I said, Vested started off essentially as a project, as a piece of learning for me to understand the, the challenges that uh, founders were having in building their businesses. And I guess one of the things I learned very quickly was actually the funding part piece is not that uh, big an issue. There are lots of people with um, piles of cash who specialize in that thing. So me with my little bucket was going to be almost insignificant. But as I built out Vested, I learned so much. I mean, the first thing is, you know, a, a project can end up as much more than that. It can be almost uh, totally consuming uh, as it as it became. And, and my, you know, the, the direction I took was actually if I could make this thing vested which was all about sharing equity equity for expertise was the start of a marketplace as it were but it's evolved into uh, essentially a, a SaaS platform uh, targeted at supporting founders to distribute equity safely and uh, easily without the usual cost and complexity i realized that if i could help more founders do this well i'd be able to help far more of those early stage ifties and indeed later later uh, you know more substantial businesses um, if we could do this well for them. And that's what we've done. We've got thousands of customers on the platform now, businesses with, you know, 10 times as many, uh, you know, uh, team uh, shareholders or option holders and a similar equally large numbers of uh, investors, which we just help them manage and, and stay on top of because it's such a powerful tool get, getting people vested in your business that's great and you've, you've obviously built something that has already made a big impact i know you have bigger and bolder plans for the future um you've you've scaled the business i think you mentioned there's 53 of you within the business and there's, um, there's actually about 60 of us now there 60 in the business three at the at the retreat Okay, fine. The retreat you had a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and one of the things I think will be really interesting to people is that the business is 100% remote. So actually, you talked when we spoke previously about having scaled that a fair bit over the last couple of years. I'd be curious as to um, how is it running a business of that size remotely? And, um, you know, and what does it, what does it mean in terms of the day to day differences? Or, or, or kind of where did it all come from? And what have you learned from that scaling a business remotely? I guess it came from the whole notion of uh, where we started life, which was in uh, Moorgate in London, and the notion of um, travelling in, spending an hour, hour and a half each way, each day, 
Um, and then alongside that, you know, obviously the cost associated with that, it, it just um, it, it just threw a lot of questions up because people would come in, we'd be sat there in the WeWork in Moorgate, um, you know, certainly some of the developers would sit there with their earphones on looking into the screen. If we were going to have meetings, we'd have to step out, etc. The whole notion of just everybody coming in just to, to, to get together to collaborate and work and where those, those opportunities for collaboration and working uh, actually took place, it, it just begged the question. And, and given that it's our business, we're building this ourselves, why do we need to follow the old format of how you do business? So we started our, our remote journey back in 2018. Uh, and it was uh, the notion of remote first or um, predominantly uh, remote, but we would get together and we kept our office in uh, in um, Morgan, although we scaled it down, but we, we kept a, a base uh, through till March 2020. And it was actually the 1st of March 2020 before the, the COVID lockdown, they would actually put in our notice to, to, to quit. Uh, but you know, the, the, the notion of having a base, having people coming together, it was useful for a while, but as we scaled, it became increasingly more um, pointless, really, because as we scaled as a remote business, we were able to not just recruit people from within the London or Greater London area. We were able to access talent in Brighton, in uh, Manchester, Hastings even, way beyond the, the confines of, uh, of the London environment. And the more and more we could, we used to have, we moved to a, a situation where we had retros uh, every, every um, two weeks. Uh, what we moved to was retros on a monthly basis. We ended up doing one remote, one um, uh, together. But as you grow, it just becomes more and more challenging to do that. But given that this was our intent and being able to have a much broader catchment of talent and that's a, the big thing you know being able, being remote yes it has a huge number of challenges uh, around um uh how how your teams interact the the water cooler moments as people talk about them as well as just collaboration but if you are deliberate about it and you work and build your business, not just from a bunch of folk you know, occasionally working from home, but the business is built to be remote. So everything that you structure, whether it's stand-ups as a team, whether it's stand-ups as a, as a company, whether it's um, retros, whether it's retreats, all of this is with the intent of building that human interaction as a business, as sub-teams, but then allowing the, the relationships to build that allow you to have great collaboration and at the same time giving your team a huge amount of flexibility in terms of where they live, how they, they contribute and giving them a little bit of flexibility even during the day uh, as well. Uh, it, it makes a, a massive difference being remote but the piece about remote here is that you have to be intentional about it. It's not just something that you suddenly everybody's working from home. Yeah, I know I've had real challenges. I'm sure many people have done. You you were clearly ahead of the game from what was forced on most of us, but those first few weeks of having to just try to adapt. Um, 
you mentioned a bit about intentionality and I think that's a really important piece there so if you're looking at vested as a business now and the things that you're very deliberate on or that you've had to focus very much on to make sure you are building the right business remotely what are the key things that you focus on to get that right from a, a remote scaling point of view I mean, the, the first thing is you, you don't wait till structured meetings to have an interaction we use okay. slack um you know as our, our main comms tool through the organization so obviously as, as most people will be aware slack allows for you know broader messaging across channels so everybody is in the loop of, of what's going on in that particular field or activity of uh, engagement you have the direct messages you have video calls you you basically can communicate across all aspects of the business using that we also use zoom and a, so there's a pile of tools that everybody will, will be very familiar with. You know, in terms of um, meetings during the, the week, we're very structured. So every Friday uh, and every, um, every Monday, every Friday, we have uh, a team uh, stand-up. Um, so on a, a Monday, and this was designed and it has evolved over time. And I'll give you the format of it to, as it is today. It used to be the whole team. We've now broke, broken it down, but it was about trying to make sure that everybody keeps that human contact, understands the humans that we're engaging with on the other side of these screens, rather than just the thing that they do. So on a, a Monday, we'll have um, the whole company get together, but then break off into rooms of six or seven uh, to just have a chat about you know life over the weekend and what's big going on in the, the week ahead. On a Friday, we break the, the team into, you know, around 20, so two or three groups uh, where we can have a broader engagement around how the week's gone, <clears throat> how the week's gone uh, and any big highlights for, for anybody. Um, I guess it will evolve in due course uh, again, but it's the key thing is just trying to keep that human connection. The other piece that we, we do is every... Um, every two weeks, as I said, we have the, the, the a retro, and again, that's evolved. It used to be the company retro every two weeks. Now it's every month that we have a, a company retro, and uh, the other two-week interval between that is team retros, because each of the, the teams in the business now of a, a size and scale that um, there's enough of a conversation for them to, uh, to be able to work on what their focus should be uh, over the next um, few weeks. And then, uh, as I mentioned, we, we have retreats, two a year. Um, our first post-COVID uh, uh, post retreat back in November of last year was quite astonishing. Having Our last retreat was 14 people uh, down in Brighton. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very different... Um, uh, feeling uh certainly as a, as a founder to be there in a room when you've got you know 40 odd folk now uh and it's a very different feeling when it's you know 40 folk on a, a zoom call you flick from one uh, your page to the next it's, it's easy as pie and they've all got their names underneath them so that makes life very easy but uh when they're all in in the room together you just realize what's what's being created and it's very very powerful and then so that one was up in nottingham back in November. Uh, and we just had, as, as I'd mentioned to you earlier, Alan, the, uh, the retreat in, in London um, 
a couple of weeks ago and and this was our first truly international gathering so we had some of our engineers across from india as well as people from scotland wales you know it was uh, a great gathering and as i said i think it's uh, 53 to 54 folk um it's great to just keep that connection and, and engagement and having the team create the um or, or choose the activities that we do you know there's a little piece that we're going to do around business giving people a, an idea of where the, the the journey that we've been on just so that everybody who's new and, and joined is on the same page but then also showing them where where we're heading and the whys and giving them an opportunity for that that discussion but then after that little bit of work and engagement it's around getting to know one another spending time together doing fun stuff together and it's great what's the uh, quick point on that what's the mix of business stuff to, to social stuff if you're categorizing between the two um so if you talk about across the, the two days you've obviously got the mobilization and demobilization i think the the business aspect of it was about two and a half to yeah i think it was about two and a half uh three hours max okay, okay. that sounds great that you're you're letting the team create the agenda for a lot of that yeah. sort of social stuff as well and it definitely feels that um six months ago a lot of the founders i was talking to either by choice or by instruction they were of course working virtually um but over the last three months particularly since the turn of this year people have been thinking much more around how can i bring the team together whether it's either people returning to the office each week occasionally or whether it's as you're doing you know every period then bringing the whole team together particularly the people that aren't sort of in the uk and able to drop into a, a we work or a co-working space and and make sure that's there's a business element to that of course but really there's a lot of kind of relationship building that that goes on there i can see the uh it's I can, a big difference yeah of course and i can see the uh yeah secondhand i can see the energy you would have got from seeing everybody together and yeah, just trying to think about seeing 14 people once upon a time and then seeing 40 50 60 people all together i can see that's really uh, energetic and not just will help you but help the whole of the team there when you've um clearly like you said being able to hire people remotely not being not being limited by postcode has been a big appeal of the the remote working side of things when it comes to bringing people into the business the hiring side of things um what is it that makes hiring at vested work what are the things that you make sure you do well or better than everybody else to bring the best people on board to uh, to join the vested team i guess it starts with the actual job advert and um you know making sure that people realize uh, you know the nature of business that we're we're in you know that first uh, you know we talk about the the early folk you know the, the initial 12 people in the the business helped craft together the values that we as a business uh run by and there's six of them they're very simple straightforward they're, they're almost obvious there's trust collaboration autonomy um purpose recognition and diligence. All of them are relevant to what we're doing. All of them are relevant to how we work, um, being remote. There needs to be a huge amount of trust. There needs to be a huge amount of autonomy available, given that we're working within um, legal tech, fintech, uh, founder tech, however you want to describe the, what we do. You know, clearly a huge amount of diligence has to go into the, into the business. And from a purpose, you have to believe that what you're doing is is meaningful because you know 
any startup, there are going to be times when you're going to be uh, backs to the wall. Everybody needs to know that what, what you're actually doing is worthy of your time and your endeavor. Otherwise, why are you doing it? So, yeah, I mean, it starts from the job advert as well as uh, when we do the interviews, there's generally the, the team lead who's going to be who's recruiting the, the thing, but then there'll often be other people within the, the team who will have the opportunity for a, a, an engagement, whether it's other team members from that team leads perspective or uh, another um, uh, another one of our team leads. So not not just the teams, but the team leads. So so the the conversation that anybody who's joining us will have is hopefully uh, a fulsome conversation, understanding of who we are, what we are, rather than just a job with a number uh, in terms of salary because it's not just about the salary. I fundamentally believe it's uh, far more than, than the salary. It's about firstly feeling valued and having a degree of flexibility uh, in terms of work. I mean, we, um, you know, the, the leave, the flexibility that we give to people is I think, uh, very generous, 25 days uh, of leave and the potential to, to get more over with tenure. And that's aside from you know, the, the leave over Christmas, you know, from Christmas to New Year, it, it's generally off. It's um, about making that environment work for those people, because at the end of the day, no business is, uh, stands because it, it came to, to pass in somebody's mind as a notion. It's, it's about the team. And so everybody has to feel that they're, they're, they're valued and they're part of it, but then everybody, uh, you know, you wouldn't be surprised given that we are vested, everybody uh, has the potential for a stake in the enterprise as well. Yeah, that's, uh, I figured that would probably be a given, but it's good to clarify that there. And um, you mentioned about people not joining businesses, particularly startups for money, which is something I 100% agree with. And I think that um, you clearly, you need to pay them a fair wage. You can't expect people to join you for free as maybe the, the founders would end up working in those early days. But <laughs> you're right, there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more both from a hiring point of view to attract people, but also to make sure you you keep people. Um, but but equity is obviously what you, what you know, and like you say, what you offer to all your team i'm sure they uh, they really enjoy using your platform as well as developing it and marketing it and selling it um when it comes to the broader startup ecosystem so equity we know is a really valuable part of how people can be motivated to join a business and how we can mitigate some of the risk in joining a startup and give them some of the upside what are the key things when it comes to equity if i was say a founder of a, of a tech business looking to reward my staff what is it i've got to think about to make sure that i'm getting the equity right rather than making it something that could be really valuable but doesn't have the impact i'm looking for i think the the absolute first piece is giving them uh, a tool that allows us to them to see what the potential is. Giving somebody just a simple document, most people will, um, will barely quantify it. Um, so on the Vested platform, obviously, every recipient of whatever reward structure we put together can do their own little what-if scenarios of what the future might bring for them. Put in a number, the number being the, the, the value of the, of, the, of the shares, which is what you want everybody to be aligned on. Everybody should be aligned on the success of the enterprise rather than an individual 
bonus or a team bonus or whatever. It's the success of the enterprise. And in the success of the enterprise, you will be uh, you will benefit uh, tangibly. And this is the number. So making it real is the first start of any equity reward structure. The second then is looking at the different people and being able to distribute appropriately. Obviously, when you're very early, uh, early stages in, in building the, the startup, those who join you are taking a big risk. And therefore, the reward should be uh, commensurate to that risk that they're taking. As the business evolves, as it becomes more tangible, then you still want people to obviously be part of that, that journey. But it has been de-risked a little, but there's still obviously a huge, huge upside potential as, as, as they help help to grow it going forward. So looking at the different types of people, as you start the business, you know, maybe your co-founders or your early key hires, there will be different um, reward structures for them. But then as time goes on, they, will be, they may become more generic within the team and more junior folk that have uh, um, less direct impact uh, and we're not at that stage yet. Every single person in our, our team is has a very direct impact. But, um, you know, so early stage folk, you may have certain targets that you want to assign against them. Certainly, you know, sales directors often. I mean, it's not the way that we work at the moment, but uh, um, you will have uh, people given very specific targets around their particular role. But as, as you evolve, you know, tenure is the most straightforward. And certainly if you had, you know, some assistants or more junior folk, time through the business and longevity with the business is, is the most straightforward, easiest of, uh, of ways to, to reward. Uh, but it does depend on where, where you, if you're clear on what that person's bringing, one of the key things with any equity-related uh, structures, just as any cash bonus would, would be, is making sure that it's specific and, and clear in terms of what the person's getting the equity for. If they deliver on what they promise, great. The reward is yours. If they don't, there has to be a mechanism for, for pulling those back. So it's always against a quid pro quo. There's so many founders that I've seen just issuing equity um, or, or, or things without the understanding of what, what that person's supposed to bring back to the the table and we try and help people in that understanding as well we've actually just launched a, a new calculator tool which is free to everybody who uh, just visits the site um, to see how you can break down that that distribution between you know your early team your co-founders your uh, senior hires your key hires and the, the broader team uh, i recommend you you check that uh, calculator out on vested under learn and then under calculators yeah sounds really valuable tool i know um last week i was having a conversation with a founder and it was it was her in the business and she was looking to bring on that first employee and that question as to how much equity should i give this person now and not just thinking about that particular decision but how does that play into the next 10 hires and and how what i give someone today might differ to the 10th employee in the business because it may be the same but it definitely shouldn't be by default because like you say the the risk profile and stage of the business is very different and i think if i'm 
you know, in 20 years of recruitment, I've spoken to many, many candidates that have come out of a startup and, and definitely not all of them, but some of them have been in effect waving that bit of paper literally or, or figuratively and saying, I've been given these options, this equity, I've no idea what it's worth. You know, it's, it might be a life-changing thing for them. It might not, but whether it is or not, the point is that they don't understand what it's actually worth. Uh, and that, and that's of- why, even though um, having, so increasingly now, yeah, having an equity component in the reward is is key. But yeah, if you don't know what, what it's worth and you can't model it even for yourself, it, it is almost irrelevant. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, when it comes to the growth that you've had, so back onto the sort of the vested team there. Um, so you've you've gone from sort of you and a, a handful of others up to 60 or today, and I'm sure we've got future plans to, to scale. Um, how have you, along that journey, how have you made the decision as to whether to develop your team or whether to bring in talent that's already traveled some of that journey elsewhere? How do you kind of intentionally otherwise, how do you go about making the decision as to you've got a particular gap in the team? Am I going to bring someone up and develop them or am I going to bring someone in? And how does that play out at Vested? I think given the nature of our business, um, it's actually being... Um, Quite, those decisions have been quite straightforward. Um, the intent, the clear intent is to develop from within the business because most of what we do, the people have to learn when they join. There's not many equity experts out there in the world. Um, uh, and what we uh, teach them through the learning programs that we've put together is actually quite phenomenal. So. The investment that we have in in our team, you know, three to six months, is around helping them learn uh, the 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 space that they're in. Obviously, um, you know, within you know, let's say things like marketing or product development, they're they're bringing their own skills, but understanding our space, which is as I said, is a mix of legal tech, um, uh, fintech, uh, uh, very very specific stuff. Um, there's a big investment that you have to make in when when you're bringing those um, those folk on. So you want to try and give them the opportunity to grow with the business for two reasons. Firstly, the investment that you've made with them, but also you know being able to then uh, see people grow within the business. Recruitment comes when those gaps can't be be filled, and indeed when new skill sets become required or you you have the capacity for bringing on those new skill sets now when you start off and as we talked about you know if you can only afford a, a team of six folk who are those six folk well they may not be you know a specialist uh, video and uh, photography uh, person but as you grow and you realize the the power of that that tool in the journey then they become a uh, another key hire. We don't have that skill set in, in 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 the team. You can't evolve it, so you have to go out and and you bring that capability in. And there are se- several of that that nature. As you grow, you have the ability to bring in more. But to the extent that we can, we want to have people grow with us. We want them to benefit from what they've helped to create. 
that's clearly got to be a big part of how you're going to scale a team is not just bringing people in, but making sure you're keeping, you're developing the people you've got. When it comes to retention, in a few weeks' time, we're launching a retention report, which captures some data from uh, almost 200 candidates on why they've left the job and what are the key reasons. Um, from a, a proactive point of view on the retention point of view at Vested, then um, what are the, the couple of key things that you do to make sure you're, you're keeping as much of your team as possible? I guess development might be one of them, what else is it that's really important from an employee retention perspective? Yeah, I think development is key. I think um, understanding them, helping them attain what they have come, uh, you know, what their their journey is. So both on a uh, technical and personal level, we give uh, we've built this little structure called Thrive that they have a budget for themselves to go out and do training programs or learning opportunities or things that will help them in either their um, technical area or their personal area for their, that they've chosen to evolve. Obviously there's things that we'll have within um, the role that they're working in and helping them grow in that, but you know, their personal and professional development is, is key. So giving them the opportunity to build and knowing for each team lead to know their team and understand what they are trying to achieve in life in general. Because the first thing is, nobody, you know, very few people stay at one place all their lives. It, it, you know, the jobs for life are uh, not, uh, you know, they're, they're very rare now, if indeed they're sensible. Um, but what you have to make sure is that everybody you bring into the business is able to make a contribution to you. But then the quid pro quo is that everybody who contributes to your business or your journey, you should be helping them on theirs. It's a fundamental belief for me. And so getting to know the, the individuals, the, the, the team, uh, and, and every single person who joins Vested, I will talk to personally before they join as part of the interview process. And it's about making sure that we can help them grow as well. There's always going to be alternates out there. People will, as they've grown, they will be able to seek other roles, etc. There will always be some departures, but it's about making sure that two things. Firstly, they've brought and helped you grow and you've helped them grow. It's fundamental belief for me. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, you're under an illusion if you think everybody's going to stay the journey with you, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But um, that doesn't mean they can't both get and give value along the way. Um, so, and it feels like you've got a brilliant team there. You've got a brilliant business. I'm also sure that you wouldn't claim that it's been perfect all along the way. If it comes to kind of reflections and lessons learned from hiring and bringing people on board, anything particular that stands out that you would uh, would look back on and, and perhaps learn from? There's so many, Alan. <laughs> so <laughs> many. I think that you know one of the first ones is you know those those folk who walk alongside you in those early days, they are absolute gold dust because you know so many risks, so many much uncertainty. But uh, you know, treat them well. They they've been um, they they did that journey when it was very very tough. There will still be tough times, but you know those early days are the most toughest because there's absolutely nothing to hold on to. There's no tangibility of anything. I guess the other uh, 
learning for me, and I, I guess it's just a general one. You know, when when I started vested, as I mentioned, we thought of you know putting you know, two hundred fifty odd, two hundred fifty grand aside and use that to build this 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 little business. And a few years later, you know, be millionaires uh, on the back of it. And it doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah, it's taken certainly to get to a, a place of safety where we felt that uh, um, it could start running on its own steam. Um, you know, if you take the point from end November 2014 to the end of uh, November or actually the Christmas of 2016, massive amount of resource put into it. That was, you know, two years. But at that stage, you actually had to make the decision of making that big pivot and realigning from you know, a marketplace to, to the guided SaaS that, that we now are and took a huge amount of, um, I guess, courage on everybody's part, everybody in the business who was with us at that stage to take that turn uh, and be back up with a new product uh, uh, by the end of the summer and customers on, on that new platform. And I guess ever since then, uh, by the end of 2019, we got to that position of safety. So you, you, you're talking about a, a five-year journey to safety, let alone the, the journey of growth that we've had ever since. And I, it, it's been great um, since even since then with the, the business um, growing and doubling year on year, but it's, it's certainly not straightforward uh, and so the you know it's cliched you know you'll spend uh, 10 times as much um, than i have <laughs> and uh, it'll take uh, a lot longer than you think so it's not a journey for 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 everybody that's for absolute sure um but it is hugely rewarding firstly you know controlling uh, or being um in control of something that's that you and your team are, are building together but then also just that that warmth when you see those people in that that room uh, as i mentioned when we we met everybody uh, a couple of weeks ago at the retreat it's just heartwarming but it's a huge amount of responsibility as well because all those people that you recruited you have a responsibility to build that business and make sure that that uh, trust that they've given to you and to one another uh, is maintained uh, and that the, the business is successful and the right place for them for as long as it's the right place for them yeah indeed and you know it can be a really rewarding journey it's not working in a startup it's clearly not something that is uh, is right for everybody but i think often it can be an overlooked way to to get some real reward for what you do whether that's financial or non-financial hopefully both um i'm curious around i guess your role in the hiring process now is obviously different than it would have been in those very early days but is there something that um even today if you're interviewing somebody something consistently you look for to know or to have the confidence that they're going to be right to come on board and join a business that is is growing and scaling yeah i i guess the the main thing i as i mentioned earlier i i will talk to every single person who, who joins this business um and the the main thing i look for and it's not necessarily tangible or an answer that they'll give but it's around the hunger the desire okay. To, to win and be part of 
a business that's um, hungry for success and wants to make this difference in the world. Yeah, and that difference is having as many people vested in the the businesses or the endeavours that they are pursuing. Yeah, and that's clearly something that whether it's either what you look for when you bring them in, or I'm sure what comes out from the the social get-togethers, the, yeah. the retreats, that that's something that is uh, is the front of everybody's minds and, and what keeps them motivated for the future and um, if we look forward plans for vested from here then what's uh, what's on the agenda and, and what should we hope to see over the next couple of years i guess um continuing the the growth that we've been on uh broadening the the offering and the value that we give to our our customers um that that you know we work in a very agile uh way whatever we learn from our customers in terms of what we could do better, what they need to help them in relation to their equity uh, and equity management, you know, we, we continually build and improve the value proposition and make sure that people stay with us because they want to stay with us, not because they have to. So yeah, growing the, the base proposition is key. Looking at the, the tools that will help us um, reach out to some of those early stage startups at a price point that makes sense for them as well, which is one of the reasons that we we had the pivot uh, you know, back in 2016, uh, um, which was the, the, in the very early stage world, there is a lot of failure, sadly. It's just inevitable that not every idea is going to run so if you're servicing just that market you need to have a way of servicing them that is economic for you and sustainable for you such that you can provide that that service so i think one of the tools that we've, we're building at the moment um and we've uh, uh we've called it launch but it's something that will help those early stage businesses set up and distribute their equity from day one in a safe and sensible manner in a way that you know, people hold on to the equity because they contribute to the game uh, and that, that they can pull back if if they change their mind and go off to do something else. And if um, if there's first-time founders that are listening to this and that are um, wanting to grab a key takeaway from the experience you've had growing vested over the years, what would you say to that first-time founder, to him or her, as a, as a key thing around they may be a little bit fearful on building a team they know they need people to help them realize and maximize the impact of yeah. the problem they're solving the challenge they're facing but what are your what are your key bits of advice to that person to make sure they get the hiring right well firstly don't don't think for one moment that you can do it all yourself yeah. or indeed that you are the only person that matters in the success of the business everybody that you bring in you need to allow them their voice and, and their contribution and over time you know you need to make sure that you you do that even though you 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 may think you're doing that you need to make sure you keep uh, testing yourself and uh making sure that the the voices that you've brought into the uh, into the room are actually being heard because it's so easy to uh to to not do that from time to time and it's just a, a retesting. You, you brought those people into the room for a reason. Make sure that they feel and that they are able to, to make that contribution that you brought them in for. Yeah, that's great. And definitely kind of thinking about the 
again, the conversations I've had with candidates over the years that have come out of businesses, then often it's because they don't expect to run the business, but they just want their voice to be heard and they want some sort of impact from the feedback they're given, even if it's actually, I hear what you're saying. No, not right now. At least there's some two-way feedback there and there. The environment that they're working in is one that they know they can speak up and, and say what's important to them um, and have that uh, yeah, have that kind of clarity. So um, FC, I'm really grateful for you spending your time with us today. It's been great to understand more of the detail about what you've built, invested. It feels like it's uh, it's a great business, both in terms of your internal team, but also the impact it can make to other startups and founders that are looking to, to build something special. So um, if uh, if people want to learn more about Vested or or connect with you in some way, what's the best way for them to, uh, to make contact? Um, well, Vested, V-E-S-T-D, Dot com uh, uh, is the easiest way if you want to drop us a line hello at vested is there as well uh, or you can actually jump onto uh, chat on the platform as well on the website yeah. brilliant much appreciated good to uh, good to talk and i look forward to seeing how that journey develops in the future brilliant thanks alan